Okay, we are recording. And welcome to week four of Huddle and Knuckleheads Turbo Edition. You have reached our injury fallout episode. This is where we're going to fly through the injuries in week three and the ramifications slash benefits it might reap you and your team. So uh, with me as always is my co-host Lance Dork. Yo. Doing the good research to check my horrible facts. So if they're just wrong, you can't call them facts, can we? Just lies? Alternate facts. Like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so we're just going to fly through the biggest injuries and what you might do to react to them. So we're going to start with the obvious big dog that started on Thursday. Christian McCaffrey pulled up with obvious pain and a hamstring strain. That could be anywhere from two weeks to six weeks, eight weeks. Ugh, it looks ugly that long. Those hamstrings. So, that's got to be like the most dreaded, you know, non-season ending injury is yanking up one of the on the, one of those hamstrings because <laughs> – Man, we've seen people not really come back all season from hamstring issues that just keep flaring up nonstop. But you've heard it before. I mean, we've said it before that sometimes you almost want to get just that devastating injury, know the score, put your guy on the trash heap and move on. Christian's going to stay on all of the – I mean, as an owner with him last year, he just sat on the bench eating up a spot until you put him in one game later. He gets hurt again. You pull him out. That is not a great situation. So – you know, for your fantasy team, hopefully they hold him out and he looks better after like four weeks and comes back no problems. Hopefully he does not just end up doubtful every single week the rest of the year. But the obvious pickup here is going to be Chuba Hubbard. He is the big ad this week uh, in uh, waiver, wire, waiver Wire, which we will get to later. But also DJ Moore, Sam Darnold. Those guys are going to get boosts without as much uh, going Terrence to Terrence Marshall maybe too. Yep. Uh, yep. So oh, that passing attack, I think Sam Darnold, we, you talked about him last week as a guy you might want to pick up. I unwisely picked up Teddy Bridgewater for this week. Smart. But Sam Darnold uh, is definitely someone you might look at now and say he's going to have to keep that team rolling. Uh, A.J. Brown, he was out early. Uh, hamstring strain again. Oh, you're going to notice a theme with yeah. this week. Because as we go through, I think it's like 60% hamstrings. Um so AJ Brown also hamstring strain. He's considered week to week, but conservatively, I think you're looking at a couple weeks missed here. Um, so Julio Jones obviously becomes de facto number one. Fortunately, he knows the role. And Nick Westbrook, Ikein, we're gonna go with. I guess. I guess. Uh, he's gonna be probably the guy filling in as number two. Uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Do you think this is just give it to Derrick more? the strategy they should have been going with all along. Yes. I think I think for those of you who took the swing on Julio, uh, maybe not so happy with that yet, but he might really pay off for you for a couple weeks because if they do just keep feeding Henry, I mean he never really had a running attack like that when he was in Atlanta. So if he can if he can be getting, you know, single coverage and stuff, he might pay off for you. I think he's a obviously um obvious start. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, an interesting one, and I really don't know about that, but Dalvin Cook, I mean, I knew he had ankle injuries or, you know, trouble during the week, and obviously week three or week two, he was having issues staying on the field. But, I mean, going right up into game time, they were like, I don't know, I don't know. Nope, scratched. So, you know who went off? Alexander Madison. Like a yeah. boss. Yeah. Well, I, I think he's always been maybe the best handcuff to have in the NFL just because 
Cook has had some injury history, and Madison has looked pretty damn good when he's been in there. So, uh, yeah, uh, I want to add here with the game time scratches because I don't see him on your list here, but uh, Daryl Henderson for the Rams was also a game time scratch. Now we'll get into our own league dynamic here, but did you see our uh, former co-host Alex played uh, Mike Evers? I and did. He had both Daryl Henderson and Dalvin Cook as his starting running backs. Both were a game time scratch. Both got him goose eggs. Yeah. So this is one of the issues with the, and again, issues, it's, it is what it is, but the game time scratch when, you know, a lot of people I know, I, this uh, person in question pretty much was, was busy all day. So set their lineup at 11 a.m. said, hey, I'm not getting any word right now. But that's why it really is it's beneficial to take that deeper dive past what Yahoo will tell you because Yahoo will give you an update from injuries on Especially Friday. Especially your biggest players, Google search right? them, man. Yeah. So with, with Cook, I can give him a bit of a break because really the word all week was he wasn't practicing, but that was sort of rest. Precautionary. But yeah. Henderson all week was pretty doubtful to be playing. I mean, last week he was on our episode, so that should have been one that Mike had you know put off to the side. But again – you got to check those like pretty much up until game time, because I'm pretty sure those things came across like at least with 15 noon. minutes. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, additional benefit cousins had a really good game actually looked good. And so there's a report, there's an article someone did earlier about how Kirk cousins always starts a year a certain way in the middle of the year. He is one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy. Like he'll, he will always go on a four or five week stretch of being the number one or number two quarterback. And then he just, falls apart at the end of the year well he's starting this year so as long as he stays hot and as long as jefferson and uh we have um, pretty good weapons i mean who am i missing feeling feeling osborne he's been oh good yeah too. osborne's been good there they have a tight end who uh we'll talk about in waiver wires who's kind of coming out conklin yeah so he's yep. got a, a few weapons around him and cousins man he could be someone that this uh washington team i honestly think it's going to be one of those teams like week to week you're just amazed by you're like Wow, you beat the Chiefs. Wow, you lost to the Jags. That's the kind of team we might see. They already lost year. the Bengals, so. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get on to the Bengals later. They might, they might not be as bad as uh, my co-host is letting on, and sometimes his negativity rubs off on me. And maybe that shouldn't have happened last week. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to another guy who went out, uh, but or not another guy because he's the first one that I've talked about. Went out, came back in. Chris Carson, uh, hamstring injury. That's another one where they're saying, like, he might be back by week four. He might not be back by week seven. Um, I mean, they just, with those hamstring injuries, they're so easy to aggravate that sometimes the best thing is just to shut people down for a few weeks. So, obviously, if you were one of the people eating the preseason hype on Rashad Penny and you drafted him, you've probably dropped him since, seeing as how he hasn't played a game. Um, but he <laughs> might, he actually might return this week. If not, Alex Collins is probably next man up on that team. Gross. Yeah, it's not it's not a good situation. At his best, Alex Collins was mediocre. But when you look when you look at how running backs have really started kind of going this year, I think there's a lot of people that might right now just be happy to get anyone who can be a starter for them because anybody with a pulse. Exactly. Uh, a teammate of his who also got injured then returned was Tyler Lockett. Um, it is a very good chance he misses week four. That might be it. But he, he I think, hyperextended his knee. I think it was another one of those ones that looked really bad when they saw it. 
And they were like, ooh, that's like a season, blah, blah, blah. And then you came back in the game. Yeah. Well, hyperextension in itself isn't that bad. It's what you do to the tendons and ligaments around the joint. I mean, yeah. It's your body, too, because there are some people who um, – my wife is one of those people with those crazy joints where if she sticks her arms out straight, they actually bend in reverse and her knees do the same thing oh, yeah. where they, yeah, naturally my co-host is doing something creepy with his thumb right now. I but can, yeah, anyway, I can, I can dislocate my thumb and double joint. So he, yeah, it looked bad, but he might just miss one week. I mean, quite honestly, he might miss none, but I think with how important he is to their team, I would say they hold him out. Cause I think I can't remember who they're playing this week, but it's not, it's not do or die yet at this point. Obviously, Metcalf, uh, Gerald Everett, those are some of the guys who will be picking up those targets. But, man, if they lose Lockett and Carson this week, is DK going to have, hopefully, his career week? I mean, I'd be starting him, I'll tell you that much. Uh, going to a guy who got pelted would be Juju Smith-Schuster. Man, talk about a team that is just getting Oh, well, I, I mean, up. the team can have everything that's coming to him. I don't care. But that <laughs> that was a uh, bone-crunching hit. Like, you could almost feel it where the way Juju got hit. And I actually – now, maybe I'm biased. I did not think it was helmet-to-helmet. Helmet. Maybe targeting a defenseless receiver. But they seemed to say it was helmet-to-helmet. Helmet. He never touched the guys – or, like, hitting the helmet. But he never touched Juju's helmet. It was right – it was, like, right under the shoulder – and just the way he came across, it, it like, I don't know, the force came up on his face. I could see that, but it wasn't, the, yeah, whatever. We've talked about this before as well, that I think half of those penalties are based on optics anyway. I mean, we've talked about before that there are people that get absolutely leveled and then pop up. And there are people that get landed on and that's the end of the season. I, I think so much of it is optics. And when someone gets hit and their head snaps back, doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter yeah. what what it was. Yeah. They're going to give that call. It's why it took them so long, and actually, still really haven't done much to like stop running backs from leading with their helmets as they run, like challenging people to hit them with their helmets. It's all yeah. One insane thing though about Juju Smith-Schuster is that Deontay Johnson missed this week. So if Deontay Johnson's knee is worse than they're letting on, and he's out next week, and Juju is out next week. One, Harris might get 26 targets. Yeah. Good God. So, But Claypool could get a boost. Washington could be fantasy relevant. Harris is the guy to own here. I've been saying it even though he had a bad first couple weeks. He's in every fucking play that they run. Okay? Take the game against the Bengals. Roethlisberger threw 38 passes. He completed one of 25 yards. Everything else was shorter. Uh, He only attempted like three passes past 25 yards. And like what was it, 18 out of his 24 completions or something were within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Like yeah. all of the dots of his, of his like throws were right along the line of scrimmage. So, so like, I mean, and nothing encapsulated that whole dynamic better than them being down 14 points, fourth and 10 from the 14 yard line. And he throws a swing pass behind the line of scrimmage to Najee Harris, yep. who, who gets tackled by five Bengals. So the Steelers have nothing else but this short passing game that Najee apparently is like, I will catch 10 passes for five yards every time. I honestly don't know what the Steelers' plan for this year is because they have to know right now looking at Ben. And, and again, it's not all his fault. I, he has to get rid of the ball immediately with how bad his line Their is. Their line is terrible. Their team is built for the quick pass game and everything. And they just, they don't, 
they do not have the quarterback, the line, or the weapons to do anything different. So in this, like, do you just say we don't want our Hall of Fame franchise quarterback for the last 20 years to go out like this? So you put in Mason Rudolph and you just lie about Ben's health? Or do you tell Ben, like, you want to keep doing it, dude? Yeah, like, you're, you're you going to get the shit kicked out is. of you. I he mean, is, I which don't, I don't feel bad about at all. I don't I like either. It, but he's also past the point that he can like drag two defenders around and make a throw oh, like yeah. he used to. He's just crumbling or, in there. I mean, Sam Hubbard pulled him down by his jersey. He used to never see that happen yep. to Ben Roethlisberger. He would shake that off like it was nothing. So it's it's just it's a culmination of things. If he had all these wide receivers healthy and and rolling, maybe. But yeah. if it's with them dinged up, he has no shot. I mean, it, it's they're and they're going to be the worst team in the in the in our in our division in the Browns Bengals division for sure. And and the thing is, like when you look at them and the way they've kind of shot themselves in the foot with this entire thing, with just, I mean, the Deontay Johnson thing. They had him in. They threw a useless pass to him on the last play of the game <laughs> to get him injured. Like. I understand that you're trying to fight for a little bit of this and that and the other, but like you've got to have a little bit of awareness to say when you're beat and just like, cool, throw some shots downfield. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Give up another pick and move on. But yeah, that, that mess, unless they get healthy and Mason Rudolph or uh, Dwayne Haskins is the answer that team screwed this year. I mean, they might, we might be talking like a top six pick for that team, but somehow they beat Buffalo. All yeah. right. KJ Hamler, one of those really interesting Denver receivers, which Landsork and I are both fascinated with just the the amount of talent on that team in in so many different ways. Like the way they've fallen into some of these guys who when you watch play, you're like, you're a legitimate player. Yeah. You are not like Alan Lazard or Equiminius St. Brown, well, who's just on the field like they've got the perfect combination that you'd kind of look for in a team right they've got the two high price talents that they that seem to be pretty good and then they've got the the two guys that they got super low dirt dives that they've developed in-house with hamler and tim patrick that, yep. you know that's exactly how you want to kind of want to build an in-house receiving core you're going to have to to be really good you're going to have to pay for talent but then to to be elite you're going to have to develop some of that in-house too right like right I mean, so he got a knee injury. Uh, fortunately, his initial prognosis is positive, but he's still looking at least two to four weeks. It might even stretch longer than that. Um, so the ones who are going to benefit until Jerry Judy comes back, you got Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, and you might just see him rely even more on their running game. So Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon might be getting a lot more work. Um, and you might see, uh, you know, Bridgewater kind of take a step back and have a lot more just, I mean, I hope so, he's still throwing it downfield because I love the way Cortland Sutton plays. So a, a note of positivity for both of these guys right now, Teddy Bridgewater, I believe is third in the league and passes over 20 yards downfield. So he is actually throwing the ball down the field more than he ever has in his career. Uh, maybe he has better weapons to throw down to than he ever has in his career. So but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the strange thing is last year he couldn't make it work with uh, CJ with uh, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, but uh, we had a couple of guys on the same team that went out. So Darius Slayton, who everyone thought might be one of their best receivers, and Sterling Shepard, who actually was their best receiver. Want to take a guess at what they hurt? 
both have hamstrings, both hamstring strains. Uh, again, the thing with hamstring strains is, you know, they ha they have them by grades and your grade one could be very simply a one week thing and it could stretch out a few. Your week, your grade two though, could be the entire year. It could be essentially what McCaffrey had last year where constant, just constantly. And no matter what grade it is, I think the hamstring more than any muscle you at your doctor might clear you. You might say, I feel fine. And the next time you step out on a football field to go do something like super athletic, it just goes, ah, fuck you. I am not fine. I suddenly hurt as bad as I ever did. Uh, so yeah, you can't wrap it the same way, right? Like an, yeah. an ankle injury, you can just tape it until that bitch won't move and you just run club footed down the field. Right. And even some other braces and stuff, but like, man, that hamstring running along the back of that leg, you're right. It takes a cut. It takes a stop. It takes a go. It whatever it is, and that shit can go again. And in the NFL, the, that one difference between you makes you a mortal player. Yeah, oh yeah absolutely. So both of those guys, obviously, I think one of the people here that you would really want to look at is Kenny Galladay because Kenny Galladay had an okay week, but I guarantee there are going to be owners so, who have Kenny Galladay who who's just had him sitting on their bench. You might be able to so, pry him away from someone, and that, that's someone He might have go even for. gotten cut in some leagues, yeah. and there might even be, if you're in a league and you have that guy that doesn't pay that much attention to who got hurt, who, like, whatever, he didn't have a great week again this week, somebody could theoretically drop him. So that's one I would definitely be watching for in a league where somebody that's not really paying close enough attention to injuries in this situation says, oh, he's had three straight okay weeks. Someone grabbed this other yeah. guy that had a big week throw him on the waiver wire, and then you can pick him up and really have something good going for you. And he's on the Giants. They're 0-3. There's nothing about that. They've got Daniel Jones. But they're going to be passing every single I game. I know, but they've got – on on the optics of or what someone would look at without paying attention to it, they would be like, what is good about this situation? Yeah, exactly. Not exactly. thinking of game script and things right. like that. So Kenny Galladay is definitely someone uh, if you could – you know, yeah, throw. If you could trade for dude, him for nothing. You could throw. You think. could probably throw a Jalen Waddle. You could probably. Yeah. There are some guys who have had enough targets to make people interested. So, uh, another guy on this team who obviously got a lot of hype, but has just been buried is Kadarius Tony. He like him. He's a decent yeah, receiver. He's, I think he he's could. Got skill. I think he's going to get an opportunity, and and he might take a while, but but eventually, I bet he has a few big games this year. Yeah. So again, to to go with the uh, the basic mindset. It is the Giants, so temper your expectations. Um, speaking of tempered expectations, I have someone on the Jets. You thought it could get worse than the Giants. Um, so Elijah Moore, uh, he got a concussion. He's going to be out, obviously, probably a week, but maybe he's back by a week. You know, the concussion protocol is not exactly what it used to be. Um, we saw Trey Sermon come back in a week and things like that. If you ask me, nothing changes. This seems yeah. garbage. You might hear a different story from my co-host. Well. I mean, Corey Davis is still Corey Davis. He hasn't done it yet, dude. <laughs> no. Is he going to? Uh, yeah, this is – and Elijah Zach Moore. Wilson. And even at that, Elijah Moore is pretty much cuttable at this point until he shows something, I think. I mean, I love the talent, uh, but that situation, God, Zach Wilson might be making the case for not starting rookie quarterbacks. Dude, all of the rookie quarterbacks. So I was just thinking that Trevor Lawrence. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Bad. God, four, awful. Four turnovers this week. Um, I'm pretty sure our boy, Justin Fields, got 47 yards of offense running that. Uh, Zach Wilson looks horrible. Um, and then you have Trey Lance, who can't beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. So, it 
And, and the thing with San Fran is they haven't looked bad. So you can understand why they want to maybe keep Trey Lance on the side for a while. But I think like, after the bye, he comes in. But my God, like all of the rookie quarterbacks, there aren't any of them that have come in right now. And you're like, like they can all make passes. They all can throw a yeah. ball. But none of them do you look like and say like, yes, that – that has the glimmer. I mean, that has the glimmer of like what Carson Wentz showed us. I mean, you probably year. know this because you're a Browns fan, and I'm. I actually have it in the podcast later. But Justin Fields' net passing yards. Do you know what they were? Net, not not. It wasn't well, what one. The, what the what the Bears' net passing yards were. It wasn't one. Right? Yes, one. It was one yard. One right. Sixty-eight yards passing. Sixty-seven lost on sacks. So with, I don't know, like. I, maybe we've gotten spoiled because obviously last year there was Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, and two years before that was Baker. Yeah, like rookie quarterbacks have come in to some situations. Herbert. That's what I just. Oh said. yeah, shit. Um, and you can't. I, I guess you could put sort of. I mean, Deshaun Watson, you could put there. His, oh, yeah. his rookie, rookie year, you look great. at that, yeah. you're like, yep, oh, you we've know. seen a lot. We've seen quite a few. Yep. That, that... but God, all of them so far this year, you're like. Well, yeah, we'll see. All right, we got one more. He's not going to impact much that uh, you're doing. I mean, so James White got uh, hid sub subluxation, hip subluxation. Let's try that one more time. Hip and his hip. Uh, so I kept saying it was a subfluxation, and my wife, who takes X-rays, keeps calling me a moron. <laughs> um, she is correct. So this is exactly the same injury that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had. The difference is throwing a football and running yeah. with it is very different. He's out 10 weeks. He's probably out the season. And given his age, might be out for his career, which is a bummer because you're talking to someone who, for a few years, James White was that guy I always snagged in the middle rounds and said, dude, I can plug you any week and you'll get me 10 check down points. Yeah, anything half PPR or higher. He exactly. was there for a while. Uh, yeah, but – yeah, fairly irrelevant. So I, well, the last thing I want to add for injury, and this is uh, me getting on a soapbox a little bit. Take it away, sir. Freaking Devontae Adams had a concussion. Now, I'm no doctor or anything, but he was laying there and, like, I mean, I think I, maybe he I, – I guess it's a slight possibility he just had the wind cut knocked out. But he's laying there motionless. Did you see the play I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, he's laying there motionless. His eyes are open, but they don't look like they're like aware of what's happening around him. Like all of that stuff is a concussion. If that happened to a kid I was coaching, yeah. they would not be going back in the game. And the NFL pretends to get serious about this stuff and like, you know, oh, you know, we don't blah, blah, blah. And then you see stuff like that and you're like, man, you are putting this guy at risk. Like I was seriously, and I actually think on a couple plays, you can see where he was like, I can't, I don't want to fucking take another hit like that. Like that one that Aaron Rodgers overthrew him. He kind of like flinches almost thinking the, the guy's closer to him than he is and takes a step, like shortens a step. He maybe catches that one pass on the sidelines. Uh, I don't know. I thought, I think, I know it's maybe I was reading into it, but I don't know. I just think, man, I, I sat there and thought, you want to get somebody killed like this. Like if he took another huge hit, sh shot to the head, like, he could be a freaking vegetable, man. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. And I, I get it. He wants to be out there. The players want to be out there. Like, there's no doubt about that. They're always going, not always, but they're usually going to say, close game, get me back out there. And he ended up winning them the game, essentially, 
but still like is it worth it in the end i don't know i don't think it is but i guess it depends on who you ask because it, i think the thing that always is the tipping point is that you're talking about at its core a game that mostly is played by children and if it weren't if that were not the case if, if anything else you would be worried about safety but you're or or you would say we don't give a shit. you don't care about this uh, safety of coal miners you don't care like by you i mean people we don't care about the safety of a lot of jobs we care because these are people who we right or wrong we build up to be role models and you don't want high school coaches you don't want middle school coaches, you don't want kids hiding concussions or even in college but so i actually thought about it this way when it happened uh because i because while i'm not a fan or don't ever watch pay-per-views of mma i've actually been over the pandemic started watching some videos of like knockouts and stuff mm -hmm. The fight would have been stopped after Devonte Adams was laying on the ground for two minutes, motionless almost, like the eyes rolled in the back of his head. They wouldn't let him get up and fight another round after that. Yeah, like it, it's the same thing in football. If you get knocked the fuck out, you're done, man. Like go recuperate. Like there, there should be no coming back from that. Because so here's where it's so you're right. You're right with MMA fighters or boxers. I don't sit there and think like this is a bad look that you got knocked. The yeah. hell out and, and i don't necessarily punch, think it's a bad look that Devonte. yeah yeah exactly which happens sometimes because they try to stop it you know what i mean they never stop it on time right but uh i don't know that risk of like like one of these days they're going to do that and put somebody back in and then they're going to take another hit and that's when it's going that's when all these times that it's happened and it's not ended up being a big deal it's all not going to be worth it for the nfl then because then it's going to be such a bad look that somebody that this hat that this happened. I mean, that they're yeah they're going to get sued. They're going to have to yeah whatever. Do you but, think though? See, that's the thing is that like the players. I do. I don't, I don't know if the players, unless they could prove that like training staff told them you are not concussed, you should go back and play. And the, and you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head in saying it. Most players are going to even hide it. Right. There are players that go off on the sideline after hits and, and that walk away from medical personnel because they're trying to get a couple more seconds to collect their thoughts. Like that's what they do. So you say we don't care where people, like when people get hurt at work, but actually we do. I mean, if you get hurt at work, usually you have to file an incident report and maybe get- I mean the like, general public. Well, I, mean, I know, I know, but I'm just saying like, if I fell and hurt myself at work, they would want me to get checked out and like, I don't know, like, I just feel like a couple minutes in a tent, like you ask a guy to basically, does he feel fine? He says, yeah, I feel fine. You say, all right, you're good to go. Like there's no conclusive test for a concussion. I mean, they teach you to do these, you know, look for all these symptoms and stuff, but I mean, shoot, just him getting hit the way he got hit and laying there for the amount of time he laid there and the look on his face and the just the not moving motionless. If you get the wind sucked out of you, you're moving. Like I've had it happen many times. You're grasping or you're holding your arms up or you're, you're trying to get comfortable or something. You don't lay there like you can't, like you're paralyzed or something. So like, I don't know. I just, I'm just like, it's an interesting one, and I think it would be a good topic to uh, go into the void with, which is a 
oh, yeah. segment we're working on. I didn't even realize you um, had one more down here. Yeah, we, well, we, we, we off topic there. Yeah, but the ba basic idea is when I say we don't care about like the when people get hurt with jobs, I mean that. Yeah, I know. What you I mean, mean the general public, right? Right. If you told me, well, no, people knew that coal mining was dangerous. They didn't give a yeah. shit. They wanted power. People know.